Hey everyone, it's Kieran Lenahan here. Welcome to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I hope you had a great Labor Day weekend and enjoyed some rest and some quality time with friends and family. For those of you who are new here, again, my name is Kieran. I'm a business and mindset coach to faith-driven entrepreneurs. Basically, what that means is I'm here to help you grow your business, walk deeper in your faith, and simplify your business so you can spend more time with your family and more time doing other things that you love. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different on the podcast as we close in on 52 episodes. So we're coming up on a year of podcast episodes with one episode a week. I've been able to track which episodes have gotten shared the most, which ones have the most listens, which are the ones that people tend to listen to multiple times, and the episodes that you all have told me have had the deepest impact on your entrepreneurial journeys. And so today, I actually wanted to go back into the bank of previous episodes to bring you some of the most impactful ones from year one of this podcast. A couple reasons why I think it's actually really important to do this. Number one, there are always new listeners joining us here on the podcast. Maybe you started listening a few weeks ago. Maybe you started at episode 40 or episode 26. And as much as I recommend to people and try to put that at the beginning of each episode, that I recommend heading back to the beginning and listening to the podcast from the start. I know that for some people that can feel daunting at times to to feel like you're needing to catch up. And so I wanted to just make that easy for the newer people in particular to hear some of the foundational concepts that we've gone through and that I end up referring back to and building on that are just really important for everybody's entrepreneurial journeys. And so if you're new, I do still recommend going back and listening from the beginning And at the very, very least, listening to the first four episodes plus any of the others that stand out to you based on the topics that are covered. And so that's the first reason. The second reason why I actually think it's important for us to go back into the bank of previous episodes is there's everybody else besides the people who are just new to the podcast. There's everyone else. And if you're a normal human being, it sometimes takes hearing things multiple times before it actually takes root and starts to bear fruit in your business. I remember when I first became a believer, for me, it took hearing two Tim Keller sermons a day for about a month straight before the gospel started to sink in and actually started taking root. And even now, every time I hear the gospel or I preach it to my own heart, it seems to get down just a level deeper and a level deeper. And so hearing something a second, a third time is certainly not a waste of time. In fact, it might actually be the opposite, especially when you listen to them months and months apart from each other. What you gained from listening last time might actually be totally different than what you gain this time because you might be in a very different place now in terms of your business, the progress that you've made, in terms of your mindset and how much you've grown, in terms of where you're at in your spiritual walk. All of that can have an impact on the insights that you're going to gain from hearing potentially the same concept. And so it's always really fascinating when people share with me the concepts from the different episodes that stood out to them or that impacted them. And it's so interesting because I've had multiple people reach out to me and share things about the exact same episode and tell me what resonated with them, what stood out to them, what they felt like they needed to hear from the episode. And they share different things. And what that tells me is that the exact same content can have a different impact on different people. And when you think about who you were six months ago, nine months ago, a year ago, and where you were in your business, that's different than where you are today. 
So don't be surprised if you're listening to this content for the second time. If the takeaways, if the insights that you have and the light bulb moments are actually different than the ones that you had the first time around. And so today, and then peppered in throughout the next couple of months, I'm going to bring some of the most popular, most impactful episodes back to the forefront for you to listen to for the second, third, and if you're new, for the first time. For the most part on this podcast, we're talking about timeless principles that don't get outdated, that don't get stale, that don't have a shelf life. And so this content isn't like produce or eggs at the grocery store that have an expiration date or a use-by date. What we talked about back in January of this year, back in October of last year, is still incredibly relevant for your business today. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode bank. Today, we're going to be combining the first foundational two episodes of the podcast that cover mindset and setting and pursuing goals in your business. So we will roll straight from episode one into episode two. So sit back, grab a pen and paper, drive safely if you're listening in your car, and enjoy these episodes with a set of fresh ears and fresh perspective. This series, we are going to dive into mindset and what it means to renew your mind. Now, I love this topic. There's a lot of alignment between the wisdom of the Bible and modern science. Thinking differently is the common denominator of the most influential people in human history. And your mind, your thoughts, they impact every area of your life. But specifically for our purposes, we're going to focus on how renewing your mind can be applied to your business. So from today's episode, you will walk away with a very clear, simple understanding of what mindset is, why it's important, and then I want to give you some specific examples of how it applies to your business and how renewing your mind can help you be a better entrepreneur. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dig into mindset. Mindset has become a huge buzzword And it's really important that we are all working off of the same definition when I say the word mindset. So what is it? Oxford defines mindset as the established set of attitudes held by someone. In normal people terms, mindset is just the thoughts that you think over and over. A couple of other ways to describe it. You can think about it as the way you think, your thought patterns, Typically, we think of habits like waking up early or taking cold showers as external behaviors that you can watch and observe somebody do, but a mindset is a thought-level habit. You could describe it as your typical perspective or way of thinking. It's related to self-talk, how you talk to yourself inside of your own head will reveal some aspects of your mindset. Stephen Covey of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People calls it a paradigm, a way of seeing, thinking, or understanding the world. So here's some important attributes of mindset. Mindsets are not static. They're not fixed or determined at birth. They are learned, they're fluid, and they can and they do change. That said, they aren't just something that you can change willy-nilly. They have been reinforced many, many times, and so it takes awareness, intention, and effort to shift them. Just like with habits, the more often you do something, the more natural it becomes, the faster you can do it. Just like the more you shoot a basketball, the more effortless it becomes. The more often you have a certain thought, 
the more natural it becomes and the faster your brain can think it. So the more often you think I'm bad at marketing or I'm bothering people when I post on social media, the more effortless it becomes to think that and the more it becomes a part of your default setting and eventually your identity. The longer you think something, the more glued it becomes to who you are and eventually it starts to become undetected, something operating in the background of your mind that you don't even realize is there. Last point on this, it's influenced by our families of origin, how we grew up, our school systems, our friends, the surrounding culture that we live in. So there's uh, some background. There's our answer to the question of what is mindset. Now let's ask the question, why is it important? Why should you even care? I'll talk through three reasons relatively quickly uh, and, and kind of build my case as to why this is so important. First, the Bible has a lot to say about your mind and your thoughts. So here are some references you will likely be familiar with. I'm going to pull out excerpts from these different verses to make the point. So obviously, the first one I'm going to mention is one where the name of this podcast comes from, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In Philippians, we have, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Ephesians, be made new in the attitude of your minds. In Corinthians, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In Haggai, God repeats over and over, give careful thought to your ways. Colossians, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And then the time that I think most explicitly Jesus mentions kind of the mind or thoughts, he's rebuking Peter who actually just rebuked him. So Peter pulls Jesus aside to rebuke him and Jesus rebukes him right back in Mark chapter 8, verse 33, and it says, But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And so notice Jesus doesn't rebuke him saying, don't rebuke me, do you know who I am? Instead, he rebukes him because of what was in his mind, the concerns of humans, not the concerns of God. And so all of that to say, the Bible has a lot to say about our mindset, about our thoughts, about what we give our attention to. So second point, why else is this important? It affects everything that you do. Your mindset, your thoughts, and your thought patterns affect everything you do. It directly affects the bottom line of your business. It affects how you approach your relationship with God. It affects how you spend your time. As we will talk about it, it literally affects every single behavior you've ever engaged in or action that you've taken. If you think about it for a second, any building, any product, any law, any object ever created, like the thing, the device that you're using, or even the service that you're using to listen to this podcast, anything that was created first started out as a thought in somebody's head before it existed in reality. You're talking to a potential client, your mindset is there, you're writing your marketing copy, emails, social media posts, it's there. You're giving a presentation or running a workshop, your mindset is there. You bring it wherever you go, and it's not something you can take off at the end of the day like a jacket and hang in the closet. It goes where you go. It affects everything. Last point, and then we'll move on. Because it affects everything that you do, this is the one place where if you make changes here, 
It flows into every area of your business and to be honest, every area of your life. Imagine if your house had a bad foundation causing floors to not be level or walls to crack. You have two options. You can try fixing a bunch of things above the foundation to compensate for it. You could fill in the cracks in the walls. You could try to level out the floors, aka treat the surface level symptoms that you see, but not address the the real issue. Or you can make changes at the foundational level, which is like getting down to the actual root cause underneath the symptoms and the surface level issues that you see. In the same way, you can build a business using all of the best practices and strategies of the gurus and follow all the formulas, but if you build it on a faulty foundation or a mindset that can't support those strategies, the house, aka your business, is not just going to have issues in the short term. It may have long-term issues and eventually crumble and fall. And so you want to get down to the foundation of the house, the foundation of your business, which especially for service-based businesses where you are you are building a business around yourself and your skill set, it is incredibly important to get down to the foundation and to make it really, really strong. So why is mindset important? God says it's important. It affects everything that we do. And it's the one place that if you focus on getting really good at renewing your mind and making changes to your mindset, it will improve your business in every other area. So I'm not exaggerating when I say it's that important. I obviously created this whole podcast it's called Renew Your Mind. It's built on this foundation. And I think this is why the coaching industry, to be honest, has been, has been blowing up. And it's why my life personally has been transformed by this work and my clients as well. This is really powerful stuff, especially when it's built on top of the gospel as the true foundation. So I want to share a really personal example from my life of how deep this can run and how mindset can impact you in a business setting. Then I'm going to teach you a really practical way to think through this and we'll wrap up with a, a practical prompt. So here's a really the story of how renewing my mind has impacted where I am and who I am today. So from childhood, we'll kind of go back to the beginning until now, I've I've really always been a shy person. I've always been one to listen and watch people seeking to understand why it is that they do what they do. And at first, my shyness was just a personality trait. But after an experience that I had in elementary school, shyness became something much deeper, something at the identity level. And I distinctly remember raising my hand in class, uh, third or fourth grade, to answer a teacher's question one day. And I got called on and I gave the wrong answer. And I felt stupid, humiliated, embarrassed. I felt like everybody was looking at me like I was a complete idiot. And what I learned that day was that leaving the safety of my shell, of, of my being shy, was not worth the risk. The negative emotions, the embarrassment, I can even feel it as I'm telling this story. I can feel the emotions like in my body. The emotions that I felt that day were so strong that I carried that with me for more than a decade without even knowing it. My sense of self at that point was likely tied to you know my level of intelligence and being smart. So in my head, anything that could threaten that identity had to be avoided at all costs. And so from then on, I stopped raising my hand in class unless I was 200% sure that I had the correct answer. 
like in college, freshman year, I took, uh, or sophomore year, I took psychology 101 and I was a psychology major. I tested well, but my grade was bumped down to a B because I didn't participate in class. Move on to corporate. I did not speak up in meetings unless I was 200% confident that what I was saying was sound. If I disagreed with something that was happening, a business practice or something, some way that somebody was being treated, I didn't speak up because I wanted others' approval. I wanted them to like me. And in order for them to like me, I needed to sound smart or at least to not sound stupid. I didn't give presentations without essentially reading from the notes that I scripted prior. I stretched the, the truth. I told stories with data that fit a very safe narrative. And I told people what they wanted to hear to protect myself all in the name of not sounding stupid. And deep down, there was a voice in my head that, that was saying that I was stupid and I did not want to prove it right. It would say, as I came to later realize, it was telling me things like stay small, don't take risks, it's not worth it, play it safe. Your worth is based on what others think of you, your intelligence, your achievements, your popularity. And it wasn't until I went through my training as a coach that I even realized that all of this was there, that this was my mindset, that these were the thoughts that I was operating from in a corporate setting that were leading me to be quiet, to shrink back, to not voice my ideas or my opinions, and to not show up fully. And in the process of being trained and then eventually leaving my job and starting my business full-time, working with a coach and developing some simple practices, God started to renew my mind and he showed me how to renew my mind. And he showed me that my mindset had been based on a whole bunch of lies about who I am, what I'm capable of, who he is. And he started showing me the truth about who he is and who he made me to be. So what was the impact of me renewing my mind? Like what was the tangible real world result of me doing that. Once I was able to become aware that this was happening and then make changes and renew my mind, change the way that I was thinking, what were those results? And as I share this, please hear my heart here. This is not to brag and to say, look at me and how awesome I am and all the things that I've done. I share this because this is an example of just one example of what's possible when you renew your mind and apply the things that we're going to talk about each week on the podcast. I went from somebody who was afraid to ask a question in a meeting because I was afraid of slipping up over my words and not being understood when I asked a question, like to the point where my hands would shake and my armpits would be sweating. I went from that to someone who gets invited to speak for 90 minutes straight on one topic and I love it. I was believing the lie that I hate speaking in front of other people and that I'm a bad communicator. And God showed me that I'm actually really good at making complex ideas simple. I went from someone who thought I needed to be doing a good job following God's rules to be able to spend time with him. I was believing the lie that my moral performance earned God's love. God showed me that he wants me close even when I'm falling short so that he can refine me. I went from someone who thought that I would have to grind and hustle and work more hours than I did in corporate and sacrifice time with my family to build a successful business to someone who built a six-figure business never, not once working more than 35 hours in a week. 
I was believing the cultural lie that there is virtue and honor in working crazy long hours and sacrificing to the grind. God showed me that simple is better and that family is my first ministry. I went from someone who thought my wife would never be able to stop working and come home to someone who got to tell my wife that she could stay home and take care of our two kids and that she did not have to work anymore. I was believing the lie that I didn't have what it took to build the business. God showed me he's given me everything that I need. I went from someone who didn't think anybody could afford or would pay for the services that I offered, especially people in the church, to someone who has shown up in such a way that people have literally gotten side gigs to come up with the money to work with me. I was believing the lie that nobody knew what coaching was, that nobody wanted it. God showed me that people were looking for people to help them grow their business. I went from someone who questioned if I could really help people to someone who has helped clients double their existing businesses or go from dreading their business to loving it. I was believing the lie that I wasn't good enough, that I didn't have the skills. God showed me that his grace is sufficient and that I'm capable of way more than I thought. I could go on and on of the transformation of this isn't just accomplishments. This is a change in my identity, a change in who I am, all built on the foundational identity that I get from being a child of God. And so I get really fired up about this if you couldn't tell, but this is what's possible when you renew your mind and you invite God into this process. It is incredible. Everything that I talked about, those transformations happened over the course of, of months, maybe if you stretch it out over the longest time horizon, over a year and a half. And this is not an overnight thing. This is not a get rich quick, a flip the switch and it's magic, uh, a potion, a genie in a bottle. This is daily work. And this is the type of thing that nobody's really going to be talking about on other podcasts or, or on blogs or anything like that, because this is the stuff that's not sexy. But the process of renewing your mind daily is the process that created the transformations that I just talked about for myself and, and for my clients. And so with that end rant, or I'll end that part of the rant and I'll move on to the next part. Growing your business, spending more time with family and growing closer to God can be simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but it can be simple. It's the process of replacing lies with truth. God is in the process of constantly renewing and redeeming my mind, and he's invited me to help others do the same. Hence, this podcast, hence the business that I run. So, end rant, end story. Uh, I want to wrap up with a very practical framework, and I want to give you a a couple of examples um, of this framework in practice, and then we'll wrap up this first episode with just a short prompt for you to go and actually do. So this framework is called The Model. It was created by the founder of a coaching school. Uh, I did not come up with it. It is rooted in cognitive behavioral therapy. It's extremely useful. It's a tool that I use with my clients and I use it with myself constantly. And this is how it goes. It's called The Model, again, and it has five kind of stages in order. So there's a circumstance, thought, feeling, action, result. And so I'm going to walk through each of these and then we'll go through an example. So circumstance. Circumstances are always 
neutral. They are just facts with no positive or negative value inherently ascribed to them. Then there's a thought. You interpret the circumstance through your lens, through your perspective, influenced by your past experiences and your default thought patterns. After there's a thought, the thought creates a feeling. Your thought about a circumstance will create a feeling. So how you interpret whatever circumstance you experience creates a feeling in your body. From that thought and from that feeling, that's where your actions come from. And lastly, the actions that you take create your results. And so the takeaway, and we're going to come back to this a number of times, but the takeaway is that your thoughts actually create your results, not your circumstances. A circumstance in and of itself can't make you feel a certain way. It's not until you have a thought about it that creates a feeling or an action that you actually end up with whatever result you have. And so that's a little bit theoretical. Let's walk through a very specific example that I have seen play out since, you know, beginning of 2020 when COVID hit. So I'm going to contrast two people. We have Jake and we have Molly. Both of them wanted to start their businesses before the pandemic hit. Then COVID comes. So we're going to walk through Jake's model and then we're going to walk through Molly's. So Jake wants to start his business. He's working in his nine to five job. COVID hits and the thought that Jake has, so the circumstance is COVID. The thought that Jake has is this is the worst time to start a business. And so because that's the thought that he is operating from, that's how he's interpreting COVID happening. He feels really demotivated. And so what he ends up doing, the action he takes is that he stays in his nine to five job. And the result that he has is that he does not have a business. He does not have that business that he wanted to start. And now let's take Molly, another person, same exact circumstance, working in a nine to five, same nine to five, wants to start a business, COVID hits. And she has the thought, this is the perfect time to start a business. And because she thinks it's the perfect time to start a business, she feels excited and motivated. And so the action she takes is that she markets herself, gains clients. And the result that she has is that she ends up replacing her previous full-time income. And now she has a business that she loves. So where Jake looked through the lens of this is the worst time to start a business. And sure, you could find plenty of reasons to believe that. You could find plenty of evidence to support that. Confirmation bias will do its thing. Molly chose to look through the lens of why it's the best possible time to start the business. So she was thinking things like more people are online and home and available, thinking about changes that they want to make in their life. People's living expenses have decreased because everybody moved out of big cities but kept the same jobs and income levels. People are realizing that life is short and fragile and now's the best time to take action and make changes, right? So she was finding all these reasons why starting a business right now is actually the perfect time. And so do you see how just one thought or mindset leads to a different result? Even though they had experiencing, they had been experiencing the exact same circumstance, right? But a different thought, Jake's thought led to a totally different set of results. And again, so it's not the circumstance that determines the results that you have in your life. It's how you react. It's how you interpret it, the thoughts that you have, the feelings, and then the actions that you take that create the results. And so in this episode, I wanted to give you an understanding of mindset and a framework to be able to work with. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to practically apply this framework, the model, and these ideas to your business. 
So we're going to be talking about goal setting, but from a totally different perspective. This is way beyond, or I would argue way better than smart goals, way more nuanced, something that you likely haven't heard before. We're going to talk about how mindset affects selling and marketing your business. And then we're going to talk about how your mindset affects your thoughts about investing in yourself and investing in your business, whether it's software or coaching or certifications, anything that you might do to invest in your business. We're going to talk about the mindset of investing in your business. So next episode, we're going to get into goal setting and more importantly, goal achieving. So to tee up that episode, let me leave you with a question or a prompt to become more aware of your mindset around this. So here it is. And if you want, pause it, grab a piece of uh, paper and a pen or jot down a note in your phone. What is your revenue goal for next month? And so if you're listening to this around the time of release, what is your revenue goal for November 2021? Very specific to the dollar, write it down. Now, if you're trying to grow your business, this goal should be a stretch goal. Now, from a scale of one to 10, what is your level of confidence that you will reach your goal for November? Now, if it's a 10, you're either lying or it's not a stretch goal. Um, so not super helpful in either, uh, either one. But if you're setting a stretch goal and you're being truly honest with yourself, you're going to be somewhere between a one and a nine. Write that number down. And then the last thing, ask yourself, what is the number one reason that your brain gave you or the number one thought or the loudest thought that came up as to why you can't be a 10 out of 10 confident? Write that down, hold on to it, and we're going to talk about that next time. So you should have three things written down on a piece of paper or jotted down in your notes. What's your goal for next month revenue-wise? How confident are you scale of one to 10? One, not confident at all. 10, it's in the bag. And then what is the number one reason that your brain gave you? The number one thought that was the reason that you could not put a 10 out of 10 confident. Have your answers to those questions when you join next time. This is the moment of truth. This is where you get to decide. Are you going to listen to the podcast passively, or are you going to engage, take action, and actually apply what it is that you're learning? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast for faith-driven entrepreneurs. We are in part two of our series on mindset, and we're walking through some foundational concepts that we're going to refer back to in the future. Today, we are talking about goal setting, but more importantly, the key to goal achieving. This will likely be very different than any other time you've learned about goals in the past, which in my experience almost always focuses on uh, what we call SMART goals. SMART is an acronym. It stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, Time-Bound. And typically in the past, whenever I've learned about uh, SMART goals or just goals in general, it's specifically about the goal setting part of the process, which if we think about it, Goal setting really doesn't take that much time, but goal achieving or the process of pursuing a goal is where we spend 98% of the time. Maybe it's 1% setting the goal, 1% actually being at the goal once achieved, but 98% of the time we're actually spending in pursuit as we are 
going after the goal. And so I think it's really, really important to be talking about that 98%, which is what we're going to do for the bulk of our time today. And so last time, just a quick recap, we reviewed the model. It's this framework that walked through circumstance, thought, feeling, action, and results, and how those are all connected. And we said that it's not your circumstances that create your results. It's actually your thoughts that have way more influence over that. And so I left you off with a question last time. What is your specific revenue goal for next month? And we said this should be a stretch goal. It shouldn't be something that you know 100% that you're going to hit necessarily. And then on a scale of 1 to 10, I asked, what's your level of confidence that you will reach the goal? So we said if it's a 10, you're either lying or it's not a stretch goal. And then the key question, the, the most important question for today's time was, what was the number one reason your brain gave you or the thought that you had as to why you can't be a 10 out of 10 confident? And so if you need to pause it now and write down your answer or answers, or if you wrote it down last time, go and find it because we're going to come back to this in a little bit. Now, what we're talking about today is foundational to running a business. And it's probably one of the topics that I get most fired up about in coaching sessions or speaking engagements, because it is one of the most poorly done things in the world. And I'm talking about goal achieving. I mean, the statistic is that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by the time February comes around. This is this is something that as a human race, for some reason, we are just not good at. And I, I think what we talk about today is one of the biggest reasons why. And I also have the sense that this might be one of the most frustrating topics for people in general, but especially entrepreneurs, because on one hand, we have everyone and their mother saying that the common denominator, at least one of them, of the most successful people in business or in sports or whatever industry, are that they set goals. And then on the other hand, there's this natural resistance to doing it or at least sticking with it. Uh, and people have tried it, but something doesn't go right and it causes people to walk away with the belief, I'm just not a goal setter. And so I, my hope is that by the end of our time today, you're at least challenging that and you're walking away with a very new perspective. Because the reality is my clients, even during COVID, have changed the trajectory of their businesses by applying what it is that we're going to talk about today. I've had clients who have told me that in the past, they've always tried to set goals and it has never worked. And when they applied the concepts that we're going to talk about today, just the the simple tweak and shift in their mindset and perspective has made all the difference and has actually opened them up to a whole new world of possibilities for their business. And so I think this is the missing link when it comes to reaching business goals. And so I'm really excited to dive in today. Here's our roadmap for today. I want to ground ourselves in a few passages from scripture. And then I want to walk through four mistakes that people make when it comes to goal setting and goal achieving. The first three are going to be quick, uh, but we're going to spend the most time on the last one because that's the most common and the most problematic. And then we're going to talk about what do you do with that, given you know your new insight into some of the things we're going to talk about today. What do you then go and do with that to apply to your business? And so we'll run through some practical examples. So a couple of verses to ground ourselves today. I'm going to refer back to this, and I'm, I promise I won't do this every single episode. But obviously, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is extremely relevant here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then two more. So we've got another one from John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then the last one from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Today, we're going to take some of your thoughts captive and really look at them under a microscope and examine the kind of fruit that they lead to. So first, let's go over four mistakes that people make when it comes to goal setting and goal achieving. Number one, uh, this maybe doesn't need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. I want to put this entire conversation in context. If we think about Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Let's ask ourselves, what is the pattern of this world when it comes to goal setting? And if we think about it, much of the goal setting conversation when it comes to self-help and the secular world comes down to self-actualization. And if you have a desire for it, you should then therefore do it. The perspective that as followers of Jesus, we are called to is, is different. And we need to just acknowledge that we are not just here to set goals because we want things. Our goals should really meet two criteria. One, it should make us more like Jesus. And two, it should help us learn to love other people better. And so very simple practice to make sure that we don't make the mistake of losing sight of this is to spend time reconnecting with the why that you started your business and why God called you into whatever it is that you are doing. And if you do this on a regular basis, you can prevent yourself from losing sight of this idea. Whenever I go a couple of weeks or a month without intentionally taking five, 10 minutes to go back into my notebook and reread through why I started my business and why I think God called me into this, that's when I start to focus on the wrong things. That's when I start to think about what's in it for me, and worrying about money and hitting goals for the sake of hitting goals. And so this is a really, really important thing. I just wanted to make sure that we called this out before continuing this conversation around goals. The second and third mistakes that people make when it comes to setting and achieving goals, I'm going to lump together. Number two is not setting a goal at all. This is when we tell ourselves, I'm not a goal setter, or I've tried it in the past and it hasn't worked, so I'm not going to do it anymore. That's a big mistake. We'll talk about why a little bit later. Number three is setting a goal that's so easy that you know you will hit it, right? This would be, if you're a basketball fan, this would be like Steph Curry setting a goal to beat me in one-on-one. Ideally, I'd love to think I can at least score a couple points on him, but it would be realistically too easy for him to beat me. There's no real point in setting that goal. And so the solution is very simple. You've actually already done it if you've taken the time to respond to the prompt at the end of last episode, and that's to set a smart stretch goal. Very simple. We don't need to spend really any more time on that. Now, number four, this is the biggest, the most common mistake that we're going to spend the rest of our time on today, and that's because this is what I spend the most time on with my clients. And this mistake can be said like this. We set a goal, but then have a toxic relationship with that goal. 
to the point where the goal becomes a weapon instead of a tool. Now, let me describe what I mean using some very personal examples. When I first started my business, my initial goal was to create $5,000 in revenue each month. And so what I would do was make a plan to achieve it. I'd get really excited and motivated and pumped up. And I would start off really strong, reviewing the goal at the start of every day and every week. But when I didn't see the progress that I wanted, it got really discouraging. I would tell myself uh, to just keep going, to persevere, to push through. And then halfway through the month, I'd lower the goal to 2,500. And then a few days later, I would be thinking about gearing up for next month. AKA, I had already given up on hitting the goal for the current month that I was still in and that hadn't ended yet. Then the last 10 days of the month, I would beat myself up for not achieving the goal. Then I would question if this is really going to work out. Do I have what it takes? And as I started questioning, it demotivated me. And at the start of the next month, that quiet voice in my head would say, well, you couldn't do it last month, so you probably won't be able to do it this month. And if you don't do it next month, then is this really going to work out? What's going to happen the month after that and the month after that? And eventually, looking at the goal that I had set at the beginning of starting my business that I haven't reached every single day, that felt terrible. And so what did I do? I stopped looking at it. It felt useless. It didn't actually feel like it was helping me grow. It was just making me feel defeated. Now, what was happening here? It is so important to break this down because I know many of you are experiencing this or have experienced this or will experience it. Why was I feeling so defeated? Why was I choosing to not look at my goals anymore, even though I know that part of what people who build successful businesses do is look at their goals. My brain was making not reaching my goal mean something about the future of my business that it wasn't going to work out, about my worth as a human that I wasn't good enough or smart enough, and about my ability to grow and run a successful business that I didn't have what it takes. And when my brain was making not reaching my goal mean those things, I was terrified of not reaching my goal because who would want to feel that? I was allowing my brain to create that shame and that despair and inadequacy whenever I didn't reach my goal. But what I want to shout with a megaphone, and for now a microphone will have to do, is that it wasn't because I didn't hit the goal that I felt shame and despair and inadequacy. Setting the goal wasn't the problem. Me not hitting the goal was not the problem. Those are both circumstances. The source of the shame and the despair that I felt, those came from my thoughts, which I have control over. The reality is your brain will always have a default answer to the question, what does it mean if you don't reach your goal? And for most people, the default makes it mean something along the lines of you're not good enough or it's not going to work out. And so your challenge and our challenge as entrepreneurs is to reprogram it and for us to be the ones that consciously decide ahead of time what it's going to mean if we don't reach our goal instead of just rolling with whatever our brain offers us on default. None of us are afraid of failure. We are actually afraid of what our brains will make it mean if we fail. The good news is we get to decide ahead of time what it will mean. You want to create safety for yourself to fail 
and to not have your identity be attacked. Because as long as you make not hitting your goal mean that you will never make it, you're never going to pursue your goal with everything that you have. It's going to be too risky emotionally. This is a pattern that I've seen time and time again with clients when they come to me. And to be honest, it makes complete sense because for those of us who are even fortunate enough to be taught about how to set goals, that's all we're taught, how to set goals. But we never learn how to have a healthy relationship with that goal. And so first off, if you've ever done any of this, uh, give up on a goal halfway through the month, lower the goal halfway through the month, whatever it is, it is totally normal for two reasons. Number one, your brain wants to avoid pain. If not reaching a goal leads to shame and discouragement and feeling really terrible, of course you're going to want to stop using the goal and stop looking at it. The second reason, you started your business likely in some way, shape, or form to advance God's kingdom in some way. The enemy hates that. And if you don't reach a goal, you're likely to hear things like you're not good enough, there's something wrong with you, it'll never happen. And experiencing this kind of what I would consider spiritual warfare, these attacks on your identity and your sense of worth and your sense of dignity, that is very normal for somebody who's trying to do the work that God has called them to do. The enemy sees you as a threat to his agenda. He doesn't want you doing those things that God has in mind for you. And so I was using the goal as a weapon against myself and it wasn't helping me, but it actually had nothing to do with the goal itself, but rather how I was relating to it. And so where the enemy wants to sow shame and discouragement and inadequacy, God wants to grow you and refine you and to teach you where your worth actually comes from. So if you've been using goals as a weapon against yourself, what do you do, right? That's the question. The answer is not to stop setting goals. I hope I've built my case for that. The answer is actually to change your relationship with your goals and your mindset around them. Because you can learn to use goals as a tool that is fun And that actually provides really valuable insight into yourself, the way that your brain works, and your default thought patterns. Now, I want to explain what I mean when I say that you can use a goal as a tool. Because honestly, this perspective shift was monumental for me. The biggest value of setting a goal, in my opinion, the biggest reason that it's a tool that helps you is that it brings to the surface all of the beliefs and doubts and thought patterns that are actually standing in your way. It's it's like this. Here's kind of a mental, metaphorical example, right? We had a pretty big storm here a few, few months ago in New Jersey, crazy wind and rain and flooding in the area. Now, imagine there was water damage to the wall behind your couch and you see some indicators of it, but in order to see and assess the full extent of the damage, you'd actually have to look underneath the paint. You'd have to open up the wall, maybe even remove some of the drywall to see what's really going on and identify the root of where the water was coming in and the leak. Now, you can say, no, I I don't want to see that. We are going to have to pay to fix it. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be expensive. And sure, maybe it's not a huge issue in the short term, but this doesn't make the problem go away. It actually just continues to get worse and worse and eventually causes even bigger problems. Or you can bring it into the light. You can have the the courage to take a look under the surface, remove the drywall, and identify the root cause of the leak that caused the water damage, and then you can fix it 
at the root. This is what it's like when you set a goal and allow yourself to honestly look at what comes up. It's like peeling back the paint and removing the drywall. You can't fix a problem you aren't willing to look at. And what goals do is allow you to check for where there is water damage in your brain. Where are there holes in your thought patterns or doubts or a lack of belief? And you have the choice. You can look the other way and ignore it and try to overcome it just through sheer willpower, which I don't recommend, or you can bring it into the light and to make a change. And so again, returning back to our prompt from last week, right? I asked the question, what's your revenue goal? What's your level of confidence that you will hit the goal? And then I asked, what did your brain automatically offer you on autopilot? It it offered you thoughts or doubts or reasons why you can't be confident that you will hit your goal. Your answer to that prompt or your answers, because there are likely multiple things, those are goals. Like those are the things that you want to spend your energy understanding and getting to know because those are the literal thoughts and beliefs that are swirling around your head or operating in the background, affecting the actions that you're taking. And so I want to run through some examples and walk through some answers that clients have had in the past, that I've had in the past, that people have shared in past workshops, and then we're going to run it through the model, that framework that we talked about last time. So here are a couple examples. I never hit goals that I set. Nobody's willing to pay for my services. I'm not good at marketing. I've never done it before. I'm not a goal setter. COVID, right? The world of COVID, if that's maybe still a thing. I think I think we're over that becoming an excuse in our business so far, but I want to include it in there. These are what I call exit thoughts, and I want to explain. So let's switch switch metaphors here a little bit. Here's a, a mental model to think about pursuing your goals. Imagine you're driving your car to a new destination. You've never been there, and it's far away. This destination represents your goal. So whatever that goal is for revenue that you wrote down. And technically, to get there, you can take back roads, but those are typically single lane. They have a bunch of stoplights. And it's going to take you a lot longer to reach your destination. The highway, on the other hand, is the fastest, most direct path to your destination. But as we all know, along the highway, there are exits. And if you take them, it takes you actually off the highway and off the path towards your ultimate destination. And so in this metaphor, your car, that's your business. The destination is whatever your revenue goal, your business goal is. The highway is your fast track to that destination. And then the exits are going to deviate you from the path. They're going to take you further from the destination. And so that leaves us with two kinds of thoughts. We have highway thoughts, which keep you on the highway moving towards your goal. And we have exit thoughts, which cause you to take an early exit off the highway and stray off course. And just a a quick note, why am I talking about thoughts here? Again, why not actions or strategies, funnels, formulas, The rest of the internet, every ad you get on Facebook or Instagram has that covered. Those are typically get rich quick, surface level answers to the question, how do I grow my business? And you probably know this by now, but just implementing strategies and blueprints and formulas don't automatically lead to success. There's something underneath the surface that's at work and it's your thoughts. It's your mindset. That's why this is important. So stick with me here. Back to exit thoughts. Typically, these are rooted in some lack or fear or doubt. And sometimes they are just flat out lies. 
like not true thoughts at all, but sometimes they're a little bit sneakier and they're half truths. Like technically the thought, I've never done it before. If you've never hit your that revenue goal that you have before, technically that is true. But there's a thought underneath that that says, if I've never done it before, that means I can't do it, which we all know is is not true. Otherwise, none of us would be walking or talking or do anything that we had to learn to do for the first time. Let's walk one of these exit thoughts through the model, right? That framework we talked about last week. So let's say you just started your business and you want to create $5,000 in revenue next month. That's your circumstance, your goal of $5,000. Now your thought, if your thought is, I've never done it before, and that leads to feelings of being anxious and fearful and doubtful, you kind of feel a little bit heavy and and like your chest is tight. And maybe that leads to the actions of researching and researching and researching, maybe taking a course on how to grow your business or listening to 15 podcasts or reading three books. And because you spent all this time researching, the result that you have is no new clients and no revenue. So maybe you've had that thought before that I've never done it before. How the heck am I going to do this? Next time you catch yourself thinking that, you can remind yourself that that thought is not going to actually help you reach your goal. And instead, you can shift your thinking and focus your attention on what I call a highway thought. In that car metaphor, again, those thoughts that will actually lead to you achieving your goal. And so the way to come up with, all right, well, what are the alternative thoughts that you want to be operating from, that you want to reframe yourself and, re- and shift your perspective towards, here's a, a couple ways to do that. If you fast forward to the version of you, maybe six months, one year from now, who's already achieving that revenue goal, so that $5,000 goal that you have, what does that person believe about themselves? What are they operating from? What are some of the thoughts that are floating around their head that allow them to be achieving that goal? right? What does that person believe about the value that you offer? What do they think about your ability to market yourself or about your ability to come up with new solutions when you encounter a problem or a new situation, right? So some examples of highway thoughts are typically thoughts about what you do know and what you're confident in. And so a couple of examples might be, I always figure things out even when I've never done it before. I bring way more value to clients than what I charge. I know exactly how to help my ideal client solve their problem. Or there are people in my audience right now who are on the verge of hiring me. And so let's take one of these examples through the model, right? So again, the circumstance, your goal is $5,000. Now, instead of I've never done it before, if your thought is I know exactly how to help my ideal clients solve their problem, when you think that, maybe you feel really excited and motivated and empowered. And the action that you take is to go out and try to find and meet as many ideal clients as possible. And then to show up in your marketing consistently and confidently knowing that you can 100% help them solve their problem. And the result, $5,000 in revenue. So you can imagine which of those two thoughts, the exit thought or the highway thought, are more likely to lead you in the direction of achieving your $5,000 goal as opposed to not. And this is why the process of writing down your exit thoughts on paper and then running it through the model and looking at the feelings and the actions or inaction and the results or lack of results that they create is just slowing things down and showing your brain 
that if you choose to continue thinking and operating from this thought, it is not going to lead to the kind of life and the kind of results that you want to be creating. And so as you grow your awareness of your exit thoughts and you start to shift to operating from highway thoughts more and more often, the results in your business will follow. We will dedicate an entire episode to highway and exit thoughts in the future. But for now, just remember this. Exit thoughts take you away from your goal. Highway thoughts move you towards them. Now, there are a couple of points I just want to reiterate as we close this episode. One, you should set goals. It is worth improving your relationship with goals because they are one of the most helpful tools to help you grow your business and find the thought patterns that God wants to renew and redeem. You can be excited to find out what your exit thoughts, your fears, and your doubts, you can be excited to find out what they are because once you bring them into the light, you can do something about them. Number two, you are not afraid of failure. Nobody's afraid of failure. We're afraid of what we will make failure mean. And so if not reaching your goal means that your identity is going to be attacked, of course, you won't have a healthy relationship with your goals and you won't set them or you'll set them and never think about them. So of course, you don't want to plan to fail or to not reach your goal, but you do want to decide ahead of time what you will make it mean if you don't reach your revenue goal for next month. Now, I also wanted to give you some litmus test of figuring out where are you at in your relationship with goals? How healthy is it? How unhealthy is it? And so a couple of questions to help you dig into that. Really, it's based on how do you feel when you sit down and look at your goal? Do you dread doing that? Does that bring up anxiety? Do you get a stomach ache and do you avoid it? Does it make you feel inadequate? Or does it excite you because you know that even if you haven't hit it before, it's going to help you grow into the person who does. So that's the litmus test. What feelings do you get when you sit down and look at your goal and think about it? A couple of final points here. The enemy wants us to weaponize our goals against ourselves and to stir up fear and doubt and shame. God wants to use our goals to refine us and to heal us and to break strongholds. Maybe the enemy has you convinced that you are not a goal setter. I just want to say that is not true. The truth is that if God called you to run a business, he can redeem your relationship with goal setting and with goals. The truth is that he gave you what it takes, that you are good enough. The enemy's lies will hold you captive, but God's truths will set you free. hope there was fresh revelation and some new insights from these two episodes. And even more so, I hope that you've identified one or two specific things that you want to take action on and implement coming from these episodes. Next week, we won't be making a withdrawal from the episode bank. I'll be making a deposit with a new episode. So I look forward to sharing that with you soon. If you aren't already getting my weekly emails, go to the link in the show notes and sign up. Every week I send out reflection prompts, resources, mindset exercises related to growing your business and growing deeper in your faith. And as always, if you found this podcast helpful for your business, 
for your formation as an entrepreneur who follows Jesus, and you know someone who would benefit from listening to the podcast, shoot them a text, share a DM with them, and just share this link, whether it's your favorite episode or just the link to the show itself. I've received a bunch of messages from people who, just from listening to the podcast, have made major changes to the way that they think. They've had strongholds be broken. I've had people share with me stories of how God is healing their relationship with money, healing their relationship with selling. People have changed the way that they're operating as an entrepreneur and the performance of their business. And so if you know someone who you think would benefit, go ahead and just do that, share it with them, and be the friend that shares something with them that could impact their life for the better. That's it for today. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next time on the Renew Your Mind podcast.